to the Tori Says Show. Today is January 12th, 2021. Um, I'm actually feeling better today. Uh, no sharp pain, really bad whiplash. Um, yesterday, all I did was take a bunch of medications and sleep, wake up, eat, take more medications and sleep. <laughs> um, so that kind of helped. I just um, tur- turned everything off and well, kind of, I can't really. I just stayed away from posting too much because I was a little bit loopy with all the uh, muscle relaxers <laughs> and I needed to flush that out of my system. I'm feeling a little bit better as of uh, about 30 minutes ago because I still felt drugged up, you know? Um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking it was a really bizarre scenario. My, <laughs> you know, um, from what I remember during the accident, I remember my head hitting forward and then that seatbelt snapping back and the Tesla seats are kind of curved forward. So my head really got a shaking, um, immediately called my, um, um, well, actually I called Millie and texted my son-in-law and my daughter and my other daughter because they weren't around me. I was headed to my apartment and, um, you know, I was parked. It's one of the longest lights in Ontario and Carnegie, right by the Indian Stadium. And I was like the fourth car back. So I was chilling. I wasn't expecting anything. And then this car just rams into me because they were rammed into another one. And it's a good thing I kept distance from the forward one. Cause you know, you know, what was funny. The car in front of me was like a flatbed truck right? And it had this car on it that was chained, but it was hanging off, right? And it was really bizarre because it was like hanging in the back. And then it had pipes that were kind of wrapped around, but it didn't look too kosher. And I was like, I've seen that movie before where, um, you know, 
the pole just goes right through the car and impales the driver, right? So that car was in front of me. I kept a serious distance, right? I always do whenever there's like cars, you know, those trucks carrying cars. I don't go behind those, right? Ever. If I see a car with like logs or poles, I don't. Because I actually saw that on the M25 in London once where there was like this car that had like big trees on it. And someone told me it reminds them of a movie. I actually saw this. I was like many cars away, but something snapped and all these big trees were rolling around on the M25 um, in North London. I was like, dang, it smushed all the cars. So I stay away from those vehicles. And it's a good thing I did because when I was hit, my car moved forward, but I was like at least five, six feet away from the other car. So um I was, I was good. Um, I didn't know what to do. Never had a car accident before. Um, you know, and at first instance, my car looked pretty good. The whole bumper's like broken, the sensors, um, there could be some internal damage. I'm, I'm assuming there could be some internal damage. I'm not sure. Um, and, um, I, I, um, my son-in-law took my car to the apartment. He said it drove it fine, but it was low on battery. So now I charged it and I was like, well, what if something's wrong? And I get in and it explodes or something. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to just leave it. Um, they all, they supposedly called the cops, but no cops were coming. It wasn't until my son-in-law called, uh, the ambulance because I wasn't, I wasn't speaking correctly. Um, I wasn't well. I wasn't feeling well at all. At some point it dawned on me, holy crap, what if I broke my neck? Like I actually, because the pain was so bad and my fingers went numb, I was like, I may have broke my neck. So they get me on the ambulance. We go. And, um, when we go there, the lady hands me a mask. I just fucking put it to the side. There's going to be no COVID tests, no mask, just like that. And the lady laughed. I'm like, you think it's funny? I was like, yeah, bring me your charge nurse. I want someone else. I don't feel comfortable with you. Phoebe was like freaking out because my daughter just dropped her off so that I'm not by myself because I had Millie on the phone just in case they tried to do anything like, you know, maybe give me rendesivir <laughs> even though I'm not in there for COVID, right? And um, future son-in-law, okay? So um, I... Um, I sat there, um, the way the ambulance people put me in my bag, cause I wear a bag that goes across my chest to the back, kind of like a, kind of like a fanny pack, but for your back. And it was holding me in a position. So this, you know, lady comes over with her wand. She's like, you need to put your hands up and I need your bag. And I was like, um, so you're not getting the bag until the doctor stabilizes me. And I'm not raising my hands cause I can't really feel them right now, but thanks. And Phoebe was yelling at her. Suddenly we get into a room. Phoebe's still yelling because this lady's following around to grab my bag. And she's like, why are they so obsessed with their bag? And I was like, well, maybe it's because, you know, we're in like a ghetto place, I guess, you know, and they wanted to check if I had weapons or something. I didn't have a problem with it. It's just that I didn't want to destabilize my back the way they had propped it, you know, my bag on my back. And I was like, um, we're going to, I'm going to, I was like, you're going to wait. So then she calls the cops because I refuse to, um, uh, you know, let them open my bag. So I get wheeled in with the nurse and the doctors are coming. 
but in front of them comes this cop that looked like he had a heart on for some trouble. And he went to snatch my bag. And I was like, what are you doing? You're destabilizing me. You're going to wait for the doctor. Phoebe was like, what the hell? You just have to wait. Why are you guys so obsessed with her bag? And he pinned my baby down. And I was like, he's like, you're going to go outside the hall. They're like, she's 16. She's a minor. She's my kid. She's not going anywhere that I can't see her. And then the doctors were like, leave her alone. That's after he pinned her down. Um, so long story short, I get in there and, um, they take my jacket off, cut my clothes off. Um, and then, you know, my bag, it could get unhooked. So they didn't have to cut that. Thank God. And, um, Millie was on the phone the whole time. So she recorded that incident completely. Um, and as I was there, I was like, you could check now. And he took his little flashlight to look in and see a wallet and a little bag and, 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 and hand whatever stuff and cigarettes. It was so stupid. Probably felt so fucking dumb. Loser. Um, <clears throat> but Phoebe was all worked up because they wanted to put things in me. <clears throat> and I was confused because they were asking me questions and I couldn't answer them. I was really not with it. Um, so it was, it was quite um, terrifying. The pain more so, I think, was um, what really got to me. And and Millie stayed on the phone for like the full, you know, three and a half hours till my phone went dead um, to just monitor. She just had it on speaker where she was at home, paying attention to what was going on. Um, I was inspecting what they were putting in. And obviously they did CT scan from top to bottom. Um, I hate those. I don't know how many of you out there feel the same way, but for those of you that know you have something wrong with you, when they do that, you're just like, shit, they're going to come up with more bad news, right? What they call in uh, medical terms, incidentals, right? So, um, you know, the, he did the whole thing and he's like, well, good thing is you have no broken neck. Um, your spine looks good. It's whiplash. You know, we're going to give you some um, muscle relaxers to help with that. You're going to feel really, really bad. Um, but we also found some incidentals and I was like, yeah, you could stop right there. As he started reading off, I was like, yeah, we don't need to, uh, to talk about that. So that was a little bit disheartening. I didn't want to hear it. Um, but it is, <laughs> you know, it is what it is, right? So, so that was that. Um, I don't know, um, you know, what's wrong with my car. I could tell you though, if I actually touch the bumper in a certain way, it's all cracked along the whole thing. Like the, the sensors, everything, it's all cracked, but, um, it didn't fall off. It looked like it was, you know, Elon Musk isn't lying when he said it's the safest car. I mean, that, that seatbelt snapped me back like nobody's business. Um, and, um, you know, the car was, you know, was, is, is in really bad condition, but you wouldn't be able to see it because it only looks like a line, right? It only, the car behind me that hit me, their front bumper and back bumper came off. Their front bumper had wires coming out and shit. I was kind of like, what? So Elon was, um, was, a. Not lying when he said it's one of the safest cars, the Model 3, I have to agree. Um, because, you know, no airbag went off. It knew exactly where I was. Um, it held me back and it started recording everything the minute impact happened. And I was a little slow to register the impact because after I hurt myself, I heard the crunching, right? So it was weird. Um, 
and my battery wasn't filling up fast enough too. Cause yesterday when it got to my apartment building, it was something like 20% and it just filled up like a few hours ago. So um, it's really weird. And then the guy that hit her was like, yeah, you know, I totally slid or whatever. And his car was a little bit messed up, but it was also messed up behind him too. And I was like, maybe it's from a previous accident. I don't know. It was just, it was just all bizarre. They were talking to each other, exchanging stuff. I was like getting out of my car all dizzy and stuff. And I was like, okay, no one's talking. The police aren't coming. Millie was like, just go take pictures. And I was like, all right. So I took pictures of license plates and stuff. I didn't even think of taking pictures of them. That's how out of it I was. Um, <clears throat> and I called my insurance. So I gave them all the information and, and see, um, you know, uh, I, you know, what is or whatever. I mean, with the money that was raised through the GoFundMe to buy the car, I bought myself the insurance for the year. It's, and then I have the other year already lined up for, for March. So, um, that'll be covered and I've never had an accident. So, um, it'll be fine. Uh, my insurance told me your deductible for collision is only seven fifty, and then uh, and I was like, I'm not paying for it. She goes, No, 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 you'll get reimbursed by the other insurance company. So they were talking to me today. I wasn't really paying attention. I was like, Okay, here's the information I have, and that's it. And um, and then Monday Tesla gets my car, and I get my rental car uh, while they fix it. So, um, so that's that. Wait, that's that. So that's what happened with the car accident. Yesterday, I was extremely under the influence of muscle relaxers and um, prescription-grade ibuprofen. Um, I, I wasn't too happy with the incidentals, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, and Nick just uh, had his wife pop in, and she dropped me off some CBD oil for my for my shoulders, um, which um, still hurt. Only a couple of my fingers are still going numb, but I think it's because I'm like really tensed up, but we'll see. Um, I get to see my, I don't even want to see my doctor because she's going to want to talk about the other stuff, not the accident first. <laughs> so it's like, I'm going to try to avoid that <laughs> as much as I can. So, um, you know, so that's what I wanted to tell you. Phoebe was um, rowdy in her rights. They were obsessed with my bag. I didn't really have anything in there that they would need, but who knows, right? Um so it's, it's all right. Um, yeah. And, oh, I wanted to tell you something. So while I was in the hospital, they like rolled me into some place to go and give my information. Like I didn't even know where I was. And I was like, um, and then this lady comes after they give me some pain medication and says, okay, I need your social security number. I need this. So I was like, you don't get my social security number. Like people just hand that shit out you know, all the time. And it's like, this is, see, the worst thing is, is that, um, most of the, um, the hijacks that happen to your identity are done through hospitals. And I'll tell you how this works. I know people say that it's highly secure, blah, 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 but they use, they outsource most of their medical transcriptioning and all that stuff and all the medical building billing. So actually there was a segment on CBS and I think my little sister was doing it uh, because she's a tenured professor, right? In this. And, you know, there were people that, um, you know, have gone to the hospital and they're like, oh, you know, I broke my arm. I need it to be tied up or whatever. And then the insurance declines it because they've amputated their arm or their foot. Right. And people are like, what? No, look, both hands, both feet, 
but you can't do anything about it. So what they do is people that are illegally within the country will use your social security number to get healthcare when they need it. And we're talking about serious stuff like surgeries and, you know, when their foot is cut off or arms amputated or gunshot wounds, you know, when they go in, they just give your social security number. All you, you don't give your social security number to doctors ever, ever. It's like, that's not, um, you know, um, that's not negotiable. Like she was like, then we're going to send you the bill. And I was like, well, bring it, <laughs> give me your insurance. And it's like, I have insurance. And they were like constantly trying to get information. So I just wanted to tell you guys, they don't need your social security number. They're like, well, then you're getting the bill. And it's like, I'm not, you're going to send it to the insurance company. Cause I'm gonna call them and they'll kill it from you. So duh. So all your information is usually hacked from third-party medical billers, and this is how they use it um, and sell it because it's third-party and it doesn't obviously – we go through extraneous checks, blah, blah, blah. The bitches are at their house, okay? You don't know who's in their house? She could have El Chapo as her boyfriend under her desk, okay? So I never give them that information, and uh, that's the way it is. So, um, I just wanted to point that out because that actually happened to me where she was constantly and, and, and my daughter's like, just give it to them. I was like, first of all, no. Second of all, fuck no. So it was like, it's not happening. You don't give it out. Done. So moving on from that, um, I just wanted, you know, I had like this thought. Okay. And, uh, you know, can you guys picture a cheerleading team? Okay, picture a team of cheerleaders. And one of those cheerleaders that goes at the top of the pyramid is someone like freaking Nancy Pelosi or Joe Biden. Okay. Now, at the top of this pyramid sit people, right? So this is how our government is structured. You're the cheerleader pyramid. You're the cheerleader pyramid. They climb on your back and they stand on your back, right? The minute one of you gets out of line, they start to wobble. The minute most of you get out of line, they fall, right? And this is why they're terrified. They're terrified that their whole thing will collapse. That's it. Like if you think that you're powerless, we, the powerless people, are the ones holding up these alleged powerful people, and they freaking know that. They're at the top of the pyramid. They're terrified of you realizing it. This is why they have this network of, man of manipulation so hard to keep us in this state of confusion uh, that we just do as we're told and shut up. Just do it, okay? It's the right thing to do and just do it. And it's not right. It's not right. And you're still doing it. And if you refuse, they will make a, an example out of you because you are threatening their fall. I want you to understand they are at the top of the pyramid balancing on your backs. You are on your knees and they are balancing on your backs. And the minute one percent of you move because one guy somewhere can cough and leave. The rest will pick up the slack. Two, three, you know, I don't know. Someone gets hungry and leaves, whatever, right? Think about it. They know that we yield all the power. They know that we are not powerless, that we have all of it. And this is the problem.
They are terrified of you realizing that because when we start to make decisions on what we want based to do things on our values and not them imposing it from the darkness or telling us, but we actually do it. We're not waiting for them to grant us freedom. We're already free. Can't give me something I already have. Take this vaccine and you'll have all these freedoms. Remember that? So when they tell you, you know, don't, don't even pay the mind because they have zero power. They are drawing authority from the power that you assume they have, right? So the minute they realize that, you know, they want to take you out hard. This is where troll campaigns come. You know, this is why they pushed hard so back on President Trump and other people that were supporting him, right? Actually, funny story. So I was putting together my stuff for my defamation suit against Dominion and Congressman Cohen, and I was digging into things. And I was like, now I get why Roger Stone was pissed. That's all I'm going to say on that. Now I get why he was angry and he thought it was a hit piece on him. Nobody noticed it except for him because he knew. And uh, oh dear, oh dear. I'm just saying, oh dear, oh dear. Um, <clears throat> at this point right now in 2022, all Americans, including those that would do the right thing and just get the vaccine and wear their mask, are kind of feeling that something's not right. They're kind of feeling like something is off, you know, get the vaccine and you'll be safe. But then most of the people getting sick have gotten the vaccines. It's really weird. It's really bizarre, right? Now, almost everyone is starting to see something's not right. And now all this HIV talk is starting when we talked about it in March of 2020, right? And in, and then, <laughs> let me not forget this. Oh my gosh, please tell me I saved this. Give me a second. Give me a second. Um, let me see if I have the video. Someone shared it because I have shown this, this thing before to you guys. Give me a second. Let me, let me, um, okay. So you guys remember how I talked to you about fags, right? The film actors guild, right? And now everyone's starting to use that and it's like, so lame. Anyway, um, there's a video about that, which is interesting. Everyone has AIDS. Everyone has AIDS. And so this is the end of our story. And everyone is dead from AIDS. It took from me my best friend, my only true pal, my only bright star. He died of AIDS. Well, I'm gonna march on Washington, lead the fight and charge the brigades. There's a hero inside of all of us. I'll make them see everyone has AIDS. My father, AIDS. My sister, AIDS. My uncle and my cousin and her best AIDS, friend, AIDS, AIDS. The gays and the straights and the whites and the spades. Everyone.
everyone has AIDS. My grandma and my dog go blue. AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. The Pope has got it, and so do you. AIDS, 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 AIDS. Come on, everybody, we got quilting to do. AIDS, 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 AIDS. We're gonna break down these barricades. Everyone has AIDS, 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 AIDS,
So that's just me. Uh, no one knows. But we can ask Dr. Fauci, who's really just a PhD. No harm in that. I think PhDs are way better than MDs most of the time, let's be honest. They go through the same classes and um, they're specialized in, you know, one specific thing. So that's cool. Um, so speaking of VADES, you know, now that's coming to the surface and all these people getting the vaccine uh, and getting sick. But we also saw that military documents, well, totally, totally ensuring. Look, this is almost like something that Tory would say, right? That it's a great backbone, that this, that, that they could create. A, remember the 33 adenines I told you? Looked like there was a graphene seam there. That's how you stitch together new viruses. But, you know, I just don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just good at Google, right? According to losers. Let's see this recent report by our very own Project Veritas, who have been doing amazing work amazing work and see what they've uncovered senator with all due respect i disagree with so many of the things that you've said you're still unwilling to admit that they gained in function they gained in lethality according to the definition that is currently <laughs> operable we're not going to get anywhere close to trying to prevent another lab leak of this dangerous sort of experiment you won't admit no. that it's dangerous and for that lack of judgment i think it's time that you resign <laughs> Project Veritas has obtained never-before-seen military documents regarding the origins of COVID-19, gain-of-function research, vaccines, potential treatments which have been suppressed, and the government's effort to conceal all of this. Dr. Anthony Fauci has testified many times before Congress stating that the U.S. government was never involved in gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Will you today finally take some responsibility for funding gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator, with all due respect, I disagree with so many of the things that you've said. Gain, first of all, gain of function is a very nebulous term. But that's, the thing is, is you're still unwilling to admit that they gained in function when they say they became sicker. They gained in right. lethality. It's a right. new virus. That's not gain of function. According to the definition that is currently <laughs> operable, we're not going to get anywhere right. close to trying to prevent another lab leak of this dangerous sort of experiment. You won't admit well, that it's dangerous. And for that lack of judgment, I think it's time that you resign. You have said that I am unwilling to take any responsibility for the current pandemic. I have no responsibility for the current pandemic. That assertion is based on the NIH's definition of gain of function. However, the documents we've obtained refute that. The documents in question stem from a report at the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, better known as DARPA, which were hidden in a top-secret share drive. But what is DARPA? They are an agency under the U.S. Department of Defense, which facilitates research and technology with potential military applications. Dr. Stephen Walker was the director of DARPA at the time of the EcoHealth Alliance proposal. A source sent us this video of Dr. Walker talking about research they were exploring related to mRNA technology and its potential application with military personnel in the field. DARPA, about five, six years ago, we set up an office called uh, the Biotechnology Office, and the real purpose of that was to understand how biology worked and then build design. Let's listen to that again. Research they were exploring related to mRNA technology and its potential application with military personnel in the field. DARPA, about five, six years ago, we set up an office 
called uh, the Biotechnology Office, and the real purpose of that was to understand how biology worked, and then build design, um, design, build, and test cycles where you could um, engineer microorganisms to do things that you want to do. Though the main report regarding the EcoHealth Alliance proposal. Let's just stop for a second there. He said five or six years ago they were going to bioengineer organisms to do what they want. Now, as I told you when I went back to school for the purpose of today and I was studying, I um, applied for a federal work study through the university to go to Craig Ventner's lab. He was getting paid, still getting paid, a kajillion dollars from Exxon Mobil uh, to create a bacterium that spits out fuel. Right. You should read up on that. He was the guy that decoded the human genome under Clinton. Right. This isn't like something new. This isn't something whatever. He created a brand new organism. But keep in mind, he didn't build it from scratch. He took it and he removed the virality, which was to cause UTIs. Right. Um, and he used... Um, uh, he excised genes from the bacterium, which is Mycobacterium genitalium. And um, what he did was he took it down to the point where, yeah, you've heard about that. I've told you about it years ago to kind of bring you in. But what he did was he took down and he spliced out all the genes that were identified to be responsible for virality. And um, then he inserted his own genetic information in there that he wanted the, the bacterium to be blue. Now, he picked the uh, Mycobacterium genitalium because it's one of the most simplest ones. There's no bacterial wall because um, bacteria usually have a wall. As a, as a unicellular organism, they have a wall. And so this one doesn't. That's why it has a name myco, which means it looks like a booger. It has no wall, right? It looks like a booger. Um, and then in the center of this booger <laughs> is the nucleus. So uh, something about bacteria and your mitochondria, which are bacteria, by the way, is that um, it has circular DNA. So it's a lot easier to be manipulated in the sense because it has less genes and it's simpler to uh, close the seams together when you splice. So what he did was he spliced out all the virus, the, the virulent, the genes that were identified for virulency and created this bacterium that had basic metabolic functions. So it simply existed and could reproduce, you know, that's it. That's it. So he took it a step further and then inserted genetic code to make it turn blue. His project is to step-by-step step make this bacterium create fuel. That's his job. So you might have a, a, a gas tank filled with... <laughs> Uh, bacteria that, and you might get a urinary infection while driving per se. Anyway, um, myco, mycobacterium is not fungus. It stands for mycoplasm, which means that you don't have a wall. So it means booger. Myco means booger in Greek. It really means mixa, which means booger. So his idea was to create it to generate fuel. But the problem that he had is in a controlled environment, 
the bacterium responded just as expected, simply metabolize and would repopulate, right? And um, that's it. But when he took it out and put it into nature, meaning not a controlled environment, not, you know, with, uh, uh, with temperatures that change in the wilderness, suddenly there was virulence. Suddenly it could infect other organisms with, you know, UTIs. And um, it gave rise to geneticists understanding that just because you've identified that this gene is the one that gets unzipped and read the most for this trait doesn't necessarily mean that that is the gene that you, that if you remove it, it's not happening, right? So what they found out was that there was something called genetic epigenetic crosstalk, meaning that bits of that information is stored in the other genes. So if something happens and the gene goes away, then they come to play. So in essence, scientists got really smart with that because they realized that by removing the genes, it's not helping. So what would be helping is if you can silence the gene, meaning that you put something like glue there so that your, so that when the DNA is, when it attempts to unwind that portion of the DNA to read that code, right? It gets stuck and it can't, right? And it won't go to backup if it just gets stuck. It'll be treated as a mutation and it simply will not work. So, um, so what that clue that was given to, uh, all these geneticists was holy crap. Uh, you know, this means that we can't cut out genes. We have to silence or amplify genes. And they also, uh, found ways of splicing genes and, and adding a gene to replace didn't work either. Now, graphene oxide was always used to seam new genetic information. It, um, it is, um, uh, safe for the, the body to have it. It's like scaffolding, but it also has RFID properties, which is weird. And this is why I said when I saw the original, um, information that came out about this virus in March, I had a graph up and everything. I was showing you how they had human with a capital H, human with a little H and canine. And what we saw was that there was a beautiful seam of 33 adenines, which instantly gives you the impression that it was genetically modified. But now we know it was genetically modified. Okay. Now we know. And now we know that the graphene seam that was there, because I've seen it in the laboratory, so I can identify it. And, you know, everyone be like, well, I don't know. And it's like, well, I did go to school, had the debt for it, went there. So you can dispute all you want. I did. <laughs> so there. Um it, it sits like scaffolding. It's kind of like, you know, when you replace your plastic pipes with copper pipes, it's better. Um, in the sense, and you could see it. And there were 33 adenine tails. There were adenine tails on it, which was even weirder. Um, it could have been just the way they isolated it, but across all human capital H, human little H and canine to have the same was a little bit bizarre. Uh, which means that it was, uh, it was a high, uh, uh, like a chimera. We went over this before, right? Over a year ago, right? Went over this in 2020. So it seems like it was a chimera of, um, a coronavirus, because there's so many of them, you know, bovine coronaviruses, human coronaviruses, um, that they created a bunch of them and they manipulated the epitopes that sit to identify what kind of coronavirus this is. So, um, 
you know, there was no way any curve was going to go flat. There was no way anything would have stopped. You know, Fauci didn't know that they were going to deploy it like this. They knew that they were going to deploy it for the vaccine. He just went along for the ride because every person out there that has worked in healthcare know that wearing your mask 24-7 is against everything you've been taught. So when you see them wearing it, you're just like, this is just, this is so bad. So now let's listen again to what he said. Let's listen again to what he said. Here we go. Six years ago, we stood up an office called the Biotechnology Office, and the real purpose of that was to understand how biology worked and then build design, uh, design, build, and test cycles where you could um, engineer microorganisms to do things that you want to do. Though the main report regarding the EcoHealth Alliance proposal leaked on the internet a couple of months ago, it has remained unverified until now. Project Veritas has obtained a separate report to the Inspector General of the Department of Defense, written by the U.S. Marine Corps Major Joseph Murphy, a former DARPA fellow. Major Murphy makes claims in his report. So could this be why Joe Biden is now trying to slot in the former IG of the NSA, Robert Storch, that was Obama's pick to be the IG of the DOD? Sounds like he nominated him so he can cover this shit up, just like he covered up the Ukraine stuff, just like he covered up for the Biden, just like he covered up for Obama, because Obama was the one that gave him that big fat check in 2009 to go down and set up NABU with his wife in Ukraine. But, you know. Whatever, I'm just good at Googling shit. Report to the inspector general that, if true, could be damning to the official narrative that has been played out to the world over the past two years. Major Murphy's report states that EcoHealth Alliance approached DARPA in March 2018, seeking funding to conduct gain-of-function research of bat-borne coronaviruses. The proposal was named Project Diffuse. DARPA rejected the proposal because the work was too dangerous and could violate the gain-of-function moratorium, despite EcoHealth's position that it would not. According to the documents, the NIAID, under the direction of Dr. Fauci, did not reject the proposal and went ahead with the research at Wuhan and several sites across the U.S. Dr. Fauci has repeatedly maintained his position. All right, so we're going to stop it right there for just one second because we need to break this down. So number one, the IG of the DOD, you know, they all leaked it out right? They got it. They got the actual report. So now we have Biden nominating the IG of the NSA, who was Obama's pick in 2016 and just never got him confirmed, right? To now cover for the DOD. Then we have the USAID and (laughs) my gosh, remember PEPFAR? We talked so much about PEPFAR. Far. Amy Acton in Ohio, right? And Miss Burks with her scarf. But remember, we did dig up that virus, right? And that guy is right behind NAID. And he gets a lot of funding from USAID. And he gets funding from the NIH. Now he's right under Fauci. Remember the guy that found the Spanish flu that I showed you? And he's like top tier in, in, in Fauci's cabinet right and what did he just say in this again let's listen to that again that he took place in the wuhan institute of virology and several sites in the u.s so now what you have to think of is where did it come out from 
in the U.S. Where did we see it? Oh, wait, we had the first ones come in Seattle, right? You remember that Seattle, right? Where did all these new ones come from within the U.S.? Oh, now get your thinking caps on because now they just told you they were doing it in several sides of the U.S. Now you see why NABF is a big deal, right, in Wuhatan, Kansas? Several sites across the U.S. Dr. Fauci has repeatedly maintained his position under oath that the NIH and NIAID have not been involved in gain-of-function research with the EcoHealth Alliance program. This appears to be contradictory to Major Murphy's analysis and the rejection from the Biological Technologies Office at DARPA. Major Murphy's report goes on to detail great concern over the COVID-19 gain-of-function program, the concealment of documents, the suppression of potential curatives. So they have put it together and they said that there was a curative identified in April 2020, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine as well, and interferon in May of 2020. So, hmm, so weird. So weird. Like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and the mRNA vaccines. To be clear, Major Murphy is not the source of our reporting. As far as we're aware, he has done nothing that violates his oath of service to our country. We were able to track him down, and though he couldn't go into detail about the hidden documents, he did offer this heartfelt statement. I offer no comments on the investigation or internal Marine Corps deliberations. I offer a brief comment to those that desire answers and to those that withhold them. To those seeking answers, I offer encouragement. There are good people striving for the truth, working together in and out of government, and they succeed. To those that withhold, I pray for you. Find the moral courage to come forward. Don't let a lie be our legacy to posterity. People will forgive. A commitment to truth is in the heart of this nation. Semper Fi. Project. How many times have we emulated that, guys? Don't be ashamed. Own it. If you've made a mistake, say it. And this is why I guess I get so much hate. People are like, your background is all fabricated. No shit. That was my job. I would fight with the swamp without fighting. I worked within there. The point is, you can always redeem yourself. No one's going to hate you for it. They're going to be like, so you knew that they were doing this there and this there? Yeah, I did. And I thought I was doing my job. And then when I realized I wasn't doing my job, I was doing my job just waiting for the right moment to be able to speak up. Own it. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody does. I mean, okay, mine wasn't so much a mistake. It was purposeful. The more I did, the more I stood by. So, um, and that's how you get to know. I mean, you can't drain the swamp if you're not wearing galoshes and in it yourself. I don't care what anybody says. Redemption is one of the most important things that everyone should seek in their lifetime always. Um, yours went to, yeah, do you know how tiring it was, you know, having to fabricate almost every moment of my life? Do you have any idea how that was? So then you must have some idea that when I actually got home and took my shoes off and saw my kids and, you know, what I thought was a loving husband, when that all deteriorated and it wasn't one happy family, that totally was a shot to the heart right there. Because that was the only thing that I knew was true in my life. Everything else was all bullshit and fabricated. Nobody gets that. Nobody can get that at all. Nobody can understand it. 
not being able to tell your loved ones, your family, where you're going or what you're doing. Nobody can, you know, can imagine what that's, that's like. And there's thousands of people conducting such jobs around the world right now for different governments. Some of them are doing good. Most of them are not. Because if you're doing things in the shadow, it's never for a good reason. I don't care what anybody says. You never fight below the belt. You should always be above. And that's the way it is. That's how we get transparency. There should be no, we can't tell people they're going to go nuts. Just rip the bandaid off. We can't tell people this. You got to do it. We can't, yeah. you know, because when you have shadows, right. And people lurking in the shadows, all these, you know, um, you know, fabricated personas hanging around playing waiter, secretary, freaking lab dude, whatever, right. <laughs> whatever it is. Um, at the end of the day, that means that they're orchestrating your reality again, right? And it, it sits in the dark because it's supposed to be the right way. Oh, we're just protecting them. We can't destroy their perception of reality. And it's like, but they're in a fake one anyway. They think they're voting around the world and they're not. They don't know what goes on in these meetings where they cut deals and they're like, okay, you do that. We'll talk about war here. We'll do a little bit over here. And then they shake hands and it's over. And all of you think they're having negotiations when all they're doing is organizing how they're going to hijack your mind to make you see whatever they want you to see. Like I said, when they make a movie about it, it's because they want you to know that version of the story. So it's, it's quite hard, you know, when you realize that, there's a lot of people out there that know the truth and won't come forward. There's a lot more people out there than you think that know the truth. So Semper Fi, as he said, right? People need to wake up. They might hate you for a little bit, but after you speak up, it'll be fine. Kind of the, like the lady that went out on Project Veritas about that guy. You know, she was, you know, his dom lady, right? He found her when she was working the streets and now she became a counselor and he'd still tap her on the side, right? For a few kinky things. Maybe he liked getting whipped. And then she saw that he was coming hard for her kid and she didn't know and she freaking outed it, Right. And a lot of people be like, you were a sex worker. You were toying with him. He gave you money because he did. She, cause he gave her money. He thought that would make her, you know, give him, uh, you know, her kid in pictures. Remember that? And it's like, no, nah, man, that's disgusting. And she blew the whistle on that. And people could say, oh, well, it's her fault. She put herself, okay. So she's a dominatrix. Some people like to get beat up. You know, I don't know why, but some people do. People that have people, you know, telling them to lick the toilets and they get off on stuff like that. You're not going to be able to understand everything. But the truth, when it comes out, when it's sincere, no one can hate you for that when it's coming out. And that's the way it is. Mm, let's see what else comes out in this little segment. Veritas reached out to DARPA for comment regarding the hidden documents and spoke with the chief of communications, Jared Adams doesn't sound normal to me. No, like I said, if, it, if something resides in a classified setting, then it should be appropriately marked. And I'm not at all familiar with unmarked documents that reside in a classified in a classified uh, space. No, um, that, like I said, that doesn't doesn't sound like. I mean, it's it's not good practice to put unmarked materials in, um, you know, in a in a classified space. But there may be there may be cause to. Okay. Does anyone, let me look at the chat. Does anyone want to take a wild guess why they would be uh, putting unmarked 
documents in a classified setting. Does anybody know why that would happen? Let me just look at the chat for a sec. So just so you guys know, you know, when you FOIA, right? Uh, they will identify the document by the title. Uh, the document, if it's considered um, unclassified, it will not be documented as classified. Um, if the document's classified, it will be marked as classified. If it's marked secret or top secret, it'll be marked so. But the one one way you can avoid 201s and anything to be classified and hidden is you take something that's not tracked, that's not numbered and marked appropriately, and you dump it into a classified setting. So you could put it into whatever sector you want. And then people are like, where'd this come from? I don't know, man. Just leave it there if it's in there. And this is how you hide things. Surprised it wasn't in a burner bag, but hey, someone hid it there. And we have to say thank you for the person that found it there. Because um, something is determined to be classified, um, but it wasn't you know, originally marked appropriately. I'd be happy, Robert, honestly, to investigate and you know talk to the people who would own this document within the agency. Ideally, the you know the director of a biological technologies office or the deputy director of that office, and try to ascertain you know why it, it was the case. So here's the question: If the Department of Defense, the same people who make our nuclear arsenal, felt this research was too dangerous to proceed with. Why in the world did the NIH, NIAID, and EcoHealth Alliance recklessly disregard the risks involved? Did they purposefully change the definition of gain of function in order to bypass the moratorium? Further, who at DARPA made the decision to bury the original report that could have raised red flags to the Pentagon, the White House, or Congress, which may have prevented this entire pandemic that has led to the deaths of 5.4 million people worldwide? caused much pain and suffering to many millions more. So that's a great question. So wait a minute. So if we remember correctly, DARPA had put it down. Well, the, the, the BTO office had put it down saying it's not a good idea. We're not going to do it. Had all this research in 2021. So basically the Pentagon had all this information. This is how President Trump knew about hydroxychloroquine because he was getting what? Briefs from the DOD. Right. And then Fauci would come back calling it rubbish. The press would come back calling it rubbish. Right. They would constantly come back and attack the president, even though he was reiterating at the time in March and April, all the information he was getting from the Department of Defense. This also aligns with what China said, that a bunch of military people, American military stormed, uh, you know, the, the Wuhan place and they took stuff. <clears throat> so this goes back to, I am going to give you my speculation, my, uh, and what I think. I think that the black budget BTO is, um, throwing all the blame to the NIH and NIAD, right? Your genetic section portion of it, if you want to call it, um, they're throwing them under the bus, so that uh, their black budget isn't removed. And the other BTO, which is front-facing, right, is, uh, hey, I don't know. I mean, this document was supposed to be classified. Uh, we found it. And because DARPA's behind everything, but there's black budget DARPA's too. Stuff that you could possibly know if you're present, but you got to ask for it because you don't know they exist. Also, sucks, right? 
Because if your advisors and your chief of staff and your, you know, joint chiefs of staff don't tell you about the black budgets that they may be read in on, you don't even know they exist. So it's like there's a lot of shit that you don't know you don't know. So uh, I think the front facing BTO, um, you know, knew about the existence of the document, played dumb. I believe that it was a black budget BTO um, that's done. Uh, most of that is funded with uh, seized money, just so you know, and assets from like kingpin drug cartels, pff, shit ton of Bitcoin wallets, you know, DA, right? So the BTO is a biological technology office. Just um, sorry. I, I should spell that out. So that was quite fascinating, isn't it? Well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to continue this show. Let's see. What are we listening to? it was longer. I really like that song. So 
I wanted to say thank you to Nick and Alyssa that came to the hospital yesterday um, to see me. I didn't even say thank you. Um, even though it was unnecessary, I was just trying to get out of there. I wanted to say thank you because it's important um, <clears throat> uh, to thank people that are that are there for you, even though you you really didn't need them. You have to remember one thing as we move forward, because today we're going to talk a little bit about cybernetics. But before we do, I want to talk about um, National File. We're free. As people, we are free. And when we ask ourselves a question, are we really free today? We already know the answer is no. We can see the changes in the world that are not what we want, not what you would like, not what you would accept. But are you frightened of them? And that's the question. Because fear is one of the um, most difficult ways to most difficult ways to come out of, meaning this is where you get caught. You get caught in the rut of feeling um, like under the gun, it's game over. So I don't know if you guys know, but the national file had taken on and defeated um, Hillary and Obama's attorneys at Perkins Coie. Now we have talked about Perkins Coie many, many, many times on my show. I've written articles about them. They're the ones that wrote EOs for Obama. Um, <clears throat> they are in a lot of trouble. But after National File reported that Mark Kelly had dressed up as Hitler during college, um, the anti-audit law firm of Perkins Coy, same one that represented Hillary in her email scandal, actually sued National File for Mark Kelly. Remember, per Perkins Coey were representing um, the DNC, Hillary, and Barack Hussein Obama, the Obama for America. And so, as you know, for National File, I know these guys a lot. I know them actually quite well. And um, what happened was they they actually beat the attorneys. They actually beat those attorneys with absolutely zero funding. And it was a major victory, right? Because it's really hard. Now, Mark Kelly and his campaign agreed to dismiss the lawsuit they filed against National File. But National File actually needs um, people's help. Um, while the whole Perkins Coie plan was to try to bankrupt National File, which still has the same great people from big league politics. Um, they need help to finish paying off uh, that battle. So Mark Kelly and, uh, you know, Perkins Coy dropped their case serves uh, as further evidence that a student dressed as a genocidal dictator, Adolf Hitler, in Mark Kelly's yearbook, was none other than the now U.S. sitting senator. I think it's important that we get behind the little people, even though Patrick Holly has talked shit every now and, you know, every now and again, I really, he really helped me um, say, fuck it. I'm going to 
you know, you should just write it and not be scared. So I wanted to share with you guys, I should, I mean, I should have at least share it that they wanted to, you know, they were raising funds for this and they were fighting and nobody knew that, right? Only their, only their closest people knew about it. And having discussions about some other stuff, I, I found out about it and they're really, you know, they're, they really need our help. And so I thought I would, um, I would, um, let you guys know because they really fought hard and they did win, right? They did win, but it's, it's, it's a really big deal because, um, if you guys know the, let me show you the lawsuit. Let me see. Washington times actually wrote about it because I don't think a lot of people knew about this. Did you guys, let me check the chat. Have you guys heard about it? Did you guys hear about this? Yeah. So like for me, I was so far into whatever I was doing, I wasn't really paying attention. And then, um, here we go. So as you could see the lawsuit, uh, this is from most recent, um, lawsuit breathed life into publications claim that Mark Kelly dressed as Hitler at a party. So back when Arizona Democratic Senator Mark Kelly ran for office in 2020, a black and white photograph surfaced of someone in a Nazi uniform taken from a yearbook dating from the time the former astronaut attended U.S. Merchant Marine Academy. The costume Nazi was Mr. Kelly dressed as Hitler, said the National File, and they called him right wing, blah, 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 blah. Um, they're the same ones that broke the story about Governor, Governor Ralph Northam's medical school yearbook where he went with blackface. Remember that? So Mr. Northam first acknowledged he was one of the men in the racist garb and then denied it. Mr. Kelly, on the other hand, denied it was him from the start. And his campaign provided statements from former Kings Point classmates saying the pretend Nazi wasn't him. And there, there the matter seemed to die. No alternative to Mr. Kelly was ever named. So he just said, nope, it's not me. And it's like, whatever, right? So, um, in fact, there's still a lot, uh, the, the fact is a state lawsuit, Mr. Kelly and his campaign filed against Flyover Media, the parent company of National File, on the current uh, timetable. Mr. Kelly would be deposed on the matter early next year, according to Tom R Pappert, the editor-in-chief of National File and named defendant. So Mr. Kelly's campaign plaintiff, along with the senator, did not respond for requests for comment. They said that, um, you know, the generated, uh, you know, so much publicity that when he ran against Martha McSally, he won in November 2020. You mean he stole it? Um, he filled the seat vacated by John McCain because that was a special election to fill McCain's seat. He's going for reelection in 2022. So this is a guy that actually dressed up like Hitler, right? He said, it's not me. It was somebody else, but nobody can say who that somebody else is. And, um, sued the paper for, um, for doing it. And now he's running again. He in 2020 was selected for McCain's position. So now he's running in 2022 for the actual, um, seat. So, you know, maybe he can come up with an alternative, um, in regards to who is it since it's not him. I mean, Maybe we can interview every single person, or maybe we already have. Who knows? But the story goes is that they're still fighting this because now 2022 is coming around. So 
you know, I know times are tight. I'm, I'm, I'm going to donate too. Um, but it's important, you know, actually, I don't know. Am I logged in? Can I log in? Can I log in? Let me see. Other. I wonder if I can log in. Let me see. Other. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Does it have my card on? Pa? But it's not blank. Oh, okay. Sorry, guys. I'm being, I think it's, I'm going to call it like, um, crash head. <laughs> I feel like because of the crash, I'm a little bit slower. Let me see if I could do this without people seeing my credit card information. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Because if I don't do it now, I'll forget to do it. Um, um, yep, just did it. So uh, it wasn't mine. Someone sent me 100 today. I just put it up there. Tori says, I just handed it right over. Because I knew it'll come back to me too, right? Yeah, it's the muscle relaxers. I'm a little bit slow. Um, so yeah, oh, wow, more people did. <laughs> That's it. Truth has no bounds. And they should know that. And we should be behind them, even though Patrick Halley decides when he's going to talk to me or not, even though I consider him like my journalist mentor because um, he um, he's a genius. That guy is a freaking genius. I don't care what anyone has to say. He's a genius. Um, let me share that link with you guys. Hold on. Let me share that link. So um, they need help, especially now with this campaign, because you know his campaign is going to come out. It's all your fault. We're losing. Now we're going to sue you. Hold on. Let me drop the link. For those that have, I know a lot of us don't have. I've seen it from my subscribe star. I know. So I get it. But um, I think Patrick Holly is a genius. He writes like no other, and he's so good at putting facts together. It's ridiculous. I, I disagree with him a lot, right? But he was very patient with me because I don't know how to write well. So he had to um, edit a lot of my stuff, and it's not very good when Tori's writing it because I write as I think. That's how he would call it. So let me introduce you to a new term called cybernetics. Cybernetics. And it's basically the use of AI. So I want us to take a listen to this. In today's world, it is nearly impossible to imagine life without technology. There are a number of technologies or domains which have helped mankind in a lot of ways. All the technologies which are evolved since the beginning of mankind has one common object. This objective is to make the discovery and invention of a lot more techniques which can help the human beings as well as the other domains in different ways. One of the most tremendous and beneficial technology is cybernetics. This technology has evolved a few decades ago. At that time, it wasn't sure whether this technology will be able to fulfill the needs of daily life or not. Here, a precise description of the advantages technology of cybernetics is discussed. It is very important to know and understand about such technologies which are helping humans through a number of ways or methods. From the origination of the word cybernetics to its actual use in the number of fields or domains are discussed here. Since cybernetics is very beneficial, it is reigning in almost all types of domains, such as biology, physiology, psychology, 
mathematics, mechanical engineering and electrical field, etc. The list of the different types of areas which take the advantage of the utilities bestowed by cybernetics is long. In order to understand the concept, it is very important to know about its origin and history. Cybernetics was first introduced by an American mathematician and philosopher who has a strong intention and determination that the interaction between machines as well as human beings or other living organisms can be possible. The help of the technology of cybernetics, it was the objective to initiate the interaction or communication between the living beings and the machines. In today's world, it is very common to interact or communicate with a machine. Almost all people have computers or laptops for cell phones in which they perform different types of operations. The task of humanity is to give instructions to the machine and the job of the machine is to understand and complete the command of the owner of a particular device, respectively. In the same way, all types of interactions and communications can be achieved. For an example, if a person is dialing a phone number, the job of the phone is to take the command and call the dialed number. This is one of the ways through which interaction between human and machines can be done. But things are not the same as they were earlier. Nowadays, not just a simple phone dialing for calling or pressing a remote button for changing a channel is interaction, but the level of communication between machines and humans has so much expanded. Many companies are manufacturing robots which have many innovative qualities. For putting such qualities, there is a great requirement of innovative ideas. And these ideas are brought out by the enlightening minds, various scholars and researchers who are continuously seeking to make life easier than ever. Robots are supposed to be the servants of the humans who can take commands from their masters in order to complete any type of job or work. With the help of the advance in the technology of cybernetics, this mission is also accomplished. However, cybernetics is not just about the robots. It is also about a great interaction between machines and humans, and also about the other respective areas and fields of study. Here, a process description from the beginning of the cybernetics technology to till date is explained. The history of any technology tells about its gradual growth from a mere technique to universally accepted technique. In order to understand the various steps which have been used and examined in order to bring out the best of cybernetics, it is very necessary to read the history of cybernetics. In the advancement or enhancement of cybernetics, there is not the involvement of a single person. However, the only person who is known as the father of cybernetics is Norbert Weiner. Later, with well, what's going on? It's almost as if Google doesn't want to populate it. Let's just wait for a second. You know, I was watching a video that I downloaded first, thank God, because <laughs> it did this. And then it literally went kaput afterwards. This could be going that way too. We'll see. Cybernetics is really important that we talk about it now. You know, because if I ran for office, I'd make sure if I was like, I don't know, governor of a state or something, I'd implement an Internet Bill of Rights for my state. See, commerce can be regulated. We all know it can. Oh, the World Wide Web is out of control. No, it's not. It's the most control freaking chain of communication they have. And I actually wrote out an Internet Bill of Rights in 2017, if I'm not mistaken, and I have it online somewhere. So um, I have Ibor up there and 
this is this is important that we learn about cybernetics. So I just rewinded it a couple minutes to give it some catch up. Let's go. Noon as the father of cybernetics is Norbert Weiner. Later, with the help of two more mathematicians, philosophers and physicians, a lot of conceptions has been added to the domain of cybernetics. A part of the mechanical field, there is so much about the field of biology which contains or consists of a number of fields like psychology, neurology, etc. It was not an easy task to implement the interaction of communication of living organisms or living beings with machines. So it is clear that the history of cybernetics consists of a lot of hard work and efforts by the various brilliant scientists and researchers of the world who have not only contributed in the successful implementation cybernetic but has also added a lot to the comfort and understanding of various things which are present in the world. Apart from the history of cybernetics, there is also a brief discussion about the limitations of cybernetics which have hindered the way of this technology from performing a few tasks. At the same time, it is also very necessary and significant to know about the influence of cybernetics to the world and to the life of humans and other living organisms. Here, the explanation of each and every concept has been done, both in a precise and brief way, which is suitable for the learners to understand the entire concept of cybernetics. In the upcoming chapters, there is also discussion about artificial intelligence and cybernetics, which will help the learners to remove any sort of confusion they have in their mind regarding both of these technologies. A precise comparison about the difference between artificial intelligence and cybernetics is also explained, along with the various conceptual ideas which prove that both of these technologies may have something in common. But there are a lot of things which are very different from each other. Cybernetics is an eminent technology which is ruling all over the world, along with all the types of areas of work, and a lot more is on the way. This technology has capabilities to change the world in a better way. Learn more about it to understand it and its importance. AI-assisted AI assisted decisions. Now, we've heard about this before. Um, it was actually in 2018 when I published this. I want to put it out there. It was my open letter to President Trump um, where I said it's 2018 and I believe we are all well overdue an Internet Bill of Rights. I'm not an attorney, legal consultant or judge and simply have outlined what rights I see in my nation to afford my virtual presence in the cyberspace community. I feel that this is an area that must be addressed and I have only one copy and pasted short version of the Bill of Rights and modified them to what my simple mind finds adequate. I would ask of you to take this outline, draft, but nevertheless necessity into strong consideration and help us be afforded the rights dictated by our Bill of Rights to reflect upon the intangible cyberspace community as the Internet Bill of Rights. This open letter has been prompted by extreme violation of our First Amendment rights afforded to us in the tangible community, but not in the cyberspace community. And these actions are unfortunately carrying over into the tangible community at an alarming rate. So I was calling out cancel culture early on. In addition, Twitter had released a video featuring Jack Dorsey discussing the possibility of a global RFP to discuss their vetting security and safety process. I believe that such an activity would be a perversion of our rights as Americans and foreign influence may bring more hindrances and violations. The intangible and tangible communities of a U.S. citizen is a member of seem to lack coordinating boundaries in regards to rights, safety, law, and require immediate action. Thank you for your time. Now, the reason that I had put that out there, 
right? Was because you um, uh, have seen firsthand how the cancel culture moved into cyberspace, which is not tangible space. And a lot of people took advantage of that. And what Dorsey said was to bring in foreign companies to decide what we can allow on our platform and not. That uh, uh, causes issues. Now, in the Internet Bill of Rights, it's pretty simple. Uh, the conventions of a number of citizens of the United States have expressed the need to bring forth rights reflecting that our country have expressed desire in order to bring order to the intangible Internet community and its lawlessness that specific declaratory and restrictive clauses should be created. The bill needs to be resolved by Senate House of Representatives of the United States of America and Congress that the following articles be proposed to legislators of the United States as intangible cyberspace amendments to the tangible constitution, such as the rights of the United States, all or any of which articles when ratified by three fourths of the said legislatures to be valid to all intents and purposes as part of the said constitution applied for cyberspace. I am a private individual and speaking on behalf of the cyberspace community, having appointed myself to begin the process of such a structure of body of persons representing cyberspace does not exist until this 11th day of the third month of the year 2018 AD. Mr. President, I propose that such a body be created by elected persons to represent the needs of the cyber community within the United States. Further, the following rights should be addressed in the IBOR bill, freedom of religion, speech, and the press. The right to cyber arms, right? Spyware piggyback, right? Mm. The housing of cyber police. No cyber police shall in time of peace be quartered in any cyberspace domain without consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. I want you guys to remember this one. Protection from unreasonable search and seizures. Google. Protection of rights to life, liberty, and property rights to accuse persons in criminal cases, rights in civil cases, excessive bail or fines or punishments forbidden, other rights kept by the people, foreign influence on domestic cyber community. What's that? Tenth Amendment. So weird. So that's how it would go. Ten simple amendments to fix this. So um, that was something that I put together. And I, and I say this because Cyber, the cyber community is yet, it is intangible, but it has real life, you know, repercussions. Having been a victim of targeted attacks, you know, I still have people, um, you know, posting shit that isn't even true, right? And how do you stop shit like that from perpetuating? You know, how do we stop them from posting shit? People are like, well, you know, like I have zero criminal record, yet they're posting something that's not even real it's not even real and it's like how do you stop it they're posting sites that aren't you know mine well that's no Ali Akbar has a site there so does Caitlin Bennett stop it's all fake so how do I stop it I mean there's people that have made videos <laughs> the funniest one I've seen that Millie is really Paul Watson have you guys seen that video have you guys seen the video where they try to convince people that Millie is uh, the, that she is Paul Joseph Watson? And they were like, she has an Adam's apple. We all know she doesn't. <laughs> so it's like they put so much stuff out there and it's like, how do you discern from the rubbish? And they're actually quite vicious and nasty.
there was one post that they were like, look, she's posing as a doctor. It says MD. And it's like, yeah, of the Western region managing director. It doesn't mean medical doctor, loser. But, you know, how do you sit there and explain shit to someone that's stupid? They're not looking for the truth. They're just looking to make something out of nothing, especially when they don't like people. And that's how trolls work. That's how you attack people by taking the little portion of it and then blowing it up and making it seem like, oh yeah, it's totally true. And it's like, dude, that's like so manufactured. I'm one person that owns her shit. Okay. So when people say, oh, this, it's like, no, dude, I own all my shit. Get off. Like that's one thing that people that actually know me know about me that I'm pretty straightforward <laughs> and, you know, it just drives me insane. There was, um, oh shoot. I don't even have the Akbar one. Do I, there's this website where Ali Akbar had like a thing that he was like a jihadi, um, soldier or something. And from that same website, they said, Oh, this is her page. And it's like, okay, so I've, I don't know where they're coming with this for, but I'm just going to leave it alone because this is just bullshit. The more bullshit you leave it, the more these deranged people want to make it real because then they become relevant. It's all about relevancy. People that are losers, right, will hitch on to something that's not true, kind of like the PP dossier, right? And they will just, in, you know, constantly say, you know, oh, this is it, nah, 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 you know, and then they attack. And it's like, dude, you sound so dumb. Like what you're saying sounds dumb. It just sounds dumb, like really dumb. And yet there's so many people out there that are resonating on such a low frequency that they'll just jump onto it. Yeah, I don't like this person either. Let's go. And it's like, oh, ew. When you resonate and you put out hate, all you get is hate back, you know? All you get is hate back. And that's what sucks. Because when they realize that all they've been doing is pushing out hate and they get it back, it's way too late. They're gone. You know, they're gone. They're hurting big time. I have this, um, this, um, what was it? How to, oh, shoot. It just slipped my mind. Maybe it was a, it was a saying my grandma used to say, it'll come to me. Um, it was quite fascinating how she was so right about a lot of things. Anyway, I wanted to take you down to uh, Society of Control and Disciplinary Society. It's like a short essay uh, someone did. Um, it's from this site called Plastic Pills. I watch it sometimes, the podcast that they do. Um, it's quite fascinating. Sometimes There's a lot of stuff that I don't agree with. But I like, I like a lot of the stuff that they do put out. I mean, you know, everyone has certain lenses when they watch things. They all can't be impartial, right, when you're talking about things, especially that you're passionate about, right? So I get it. I really wish they were a little bit more impartial, but this one isn't too bad. Take a listen. The time has come, my dearest friends, to talk of many things, of rhizomes, nomads, territories, and of capitalist state machines. I delayed starting on Deleuze because I needed to get a better sense of this medium. Because Deleuze is not a topic I want to do poorly. Though it is something I promised a long time ago. Thanks for your patience, Ender. I'm starting with a short essay here called Postscript on the Societies of Control. Now I just got to mention real quick here that Cuck Philosophy has done a video explaining Societies of Control. This short essay by Deleuze published in the early 90s. His video is a great explainer, and because of that, I'm going to avoid covering the same ground, other than some cursory definitions. 
So if I rush through any bit too much, you may want to refer to his video, which is more step by step. I'm going a little elsewhere with it, referring back to the groundwork I laid in my video on posthumanism. Deleuze's thesis here is that technological development and network computing in particular undermines corporeal enclosure and individual human agency. The world is run by machines, not something like human free will. Incidentally, this is something conspiracy theories almost always get wrong. Now wait, machines here may not mean what you expect. They are not just calculators, cars, and computers. Machines more generally are systems of information processing that interpret and remake the world according to their particular logics. Society is made up of many such machines, social, political, bureaucratic, the school system is an education machine. The legal system is the machine of law in that they use programs to interpret and categorize people. A student, B student, C student. There, call me a sucker, but I just believe he did his best work. Citizen versus criminal. Now, here are a few things that go into defining machines. A machine may be defined as a system of interruptions. They operate along lines that vary according to whichever aspect of them we are considering. Every machine functions as a break in the flow in relation to the machine to which it's connected, but at the same time is also a flow itself or the production of a flow. A few things to see here. First, machines are not things. They are processes. They work on inputs and produce outputs. Second, they make distinctions. They process information. Machines have a particular interest in some part of the world, part that they're designed to interact with. Third, the outputs of one machine can be, or usually are, the inputs of another. You, in this definition, are a machine of machines also. Some of your machines perceive your sensory systems, some digest your digestive system. Other machines are unconscious, such as your desire. Each is productive in that it receives information, shapes it, and feeds something back out. Sensory feedback, desire, and shit. You're an assembly. Yet as a machine, you're part of social machines. You're a source of input for the education system. You're either a good student, a mediocre student, or a bad student. These distinctions are made based on the data these machines have on you. And as with all machines, the data that they have on you is based on distinctions and differences that your behavior has created in the environment from which they gather their information. If you continuously do what the system expects you to do to be a good student, you know, put effort into your assignments, don't plagiarize, hand in your work on time, then you'll be considered a good student. And you'll get a mark to reflect that. This might seem really basic and obvious right now, but it does represent a big shift if we look at other institutions and past institutions. So stay with me. Postscript on the societies of control considers the new types of machines controlling us and which we submit ourselves to. Okay, we have three types of societies laid out. First, societies of sovereignty, disciplinary societies, and newly or most newly societies of control. The distinction between these first two was made by Deleuze's sometimes friend, Foucault, who theorized the transition from one to the other. Whereas the last one, control societies, is Deleuze's term for something after disciplinary society. 
As an aside, by the time this essay was published, Foucault was already dead, but his later work had moved on also beyond disciplinary societies to something called biopower. Societies of sovereignty keep people in place by regulating death. Your sovereign or lord has the right to kill you if you disobey, and otherwise they don't care what you do as long as you pay your taxes. Disciplinary societies, conversely, regulate your life and your body by controlling space. A society of control, however, regulates access such that you could not defy its machines and mechanisms even if you wanted to. This is due in large part to a high level of technological automation. Maybe think of a user account password as a good example. We are going to be focusing on these two as that is the transition that Deleuze is trying to map out. We still have disciplinary spaces with us. These are spaces that are defined by enclosures of time or space. Authorities in uniforms, doctors, guards, officers, teachers, decide where you can go and where you can't. Where you are and what you're doing with your body is very important. Stand up, sit down, stay in your seat, stay in your bed, stay in your cell. Only take a half hour break. You may think of Louis Althusser's ideological state apparatuses. Schools, in particular, are the preeminent model. I have a video on that. Both your movement and your time are enclosed by space and schedule and restricted by the threat of violence from authorities, including teachers, prison guards, or hospital orderlies. In a disciplinary society, you're given the burden of self-discipline, that is, of voluntarily, voluntarily obeying. Show up to the office on time, meet your deadlines, don't undermine your superiors, obey the police. In each case, you have the choice only to regulate yourself or be reprimanded from getting fired to getting a beatdown. You are expected to burden yourself with responsibility to control where you sit, where you stand, where you walk. Then the state only has to interfere with your life when you're breaking the rules. Now, enter the world of flow. Yeah, that's height. Now, if you know anything about Deleuze, you know that his world is not one of striated spaces. It's of flow, energies, vectors. Everything's always on its way to something else. And control is no different. You're no longer an individual or a member of a mass of individuals in a space that needs to be disciplined. No, now instead, you're a individual which means you're a different source of information depending on which system you're interacting with. So you are made up of different flows of information. To the bank, you are your credit score. To a university, you are an SAT score. To your health insurer, you are your genetic risk factors. To a site like the one you're on right now, you are your watch history. So let me slow down for a minute here. What are we actually looking at? Well, for Deleuze, these are much more common types of institutions in advanced capitalism. Each of these machines collects information about you. And what happens in each case is that you're automatically interpreted, then classified by that data, by the data that a machine has about you and others like you. Then your access to your own future is limited by what they decide. For example, education still has some disciplinary aspects to it, for sure. But more often, the education machine is not about obedience, but about filtering you. If your parents aren't rich, your SAT score determines which tier of education you will have access to. 
which in turn determines which kind of jobs you have access to, which in turn decides which kinds of lifestyle you will have access to. You're probably not punished for doing poorly in school, but it will cut off access to possible futures. Your SAT score may prove to be your gate into the job market, which more or less determines your social capital ceiling for life. But even getting to this gate has a whole bunch of other access gates that I haven't mentioned, like whether your parents are educated and help you with your homework, if they have time to do that, or if they're able to pay for tutoring for these standardized tests. Control societies manage access to each of these channels. You might be able to guess some of the problems with these types of control societies in perpetuating existing inequalities. Similarly, these scores and this other data determines your ability to borrow money, all right, so um, I want to pause it right there for a second. Now, this is pretty much creating your cyber profile. Hence why I said it's important that we, you know, um, understand that we have a profile um, in cyberspace that we should always be uh, considerate of. So I'm going to show you something. <laughs> You know, we have people that claim, I'm going to expose this. This is my life mission. And I'm, yeah, but they're not doing much exposing. Let me show you. So this is a patent application that was filed just uh, five months ago. In this patent application, hold on, let me get to it. It shows um, what this video is showing. How to get your target employee and crunch all the data about this employee. It was just filed in September of 2021. So let me go to the right schematic where it's a lot easier for you to see it. Give me a second. So these are all employees. And basically what they will is they'll look at your social media, your banking, your health stuff through the real ID because of the COVID, right? Right? And they will tell them if the employee is a risk of leaking data, of flipping on you. Um, and here's how it goes. Here's your determined target employees. Say it's Tori. Will the, is the employee consenting to the search? Yes. Have access to their social net, network databases. Receive social networking data. Request from a consent from employee. Consent received. Yes, you do that. No. Generate report of non-consenting employee. Meaning they're still going to do all this, right? but it's going to be an employee that refuses to give their employer access to their social media networks, which will then cost the employer more money. Access to legal information networks, access to bankruptcy databases, access to real estate, receive all legal data. This is from the non access credit reporting, consumer reporting, financial institution, receive financial data, electronic activity. Where do they shop? Aggregate the data, Generate a behavioral model based on the things you like, hate, comment, everything. Determine legally protected information. Analyze behavior-related information. Did you have additional information received? Yes. Were there any anomalies? Generate an alert without legally protected information. Hmm. Generate report indicating no anomalies. Continue employee monitoring. Wait, what? So there's no anomalies. So there was no alert with legally protected information sent out. Instead, uh, since there were no anomalies, we're just going to continue monitoring the employee. As you could see, it was filed for a patent. 
September 23rd. There's only one person that screams at the top of their head. Oh, I'm going to get them. Really? So then why aren't you fucking paying attention to what they're doing? Right? See, this is how you call all the bullshitters. You see, what does that say? What does that say? All right. What does that say? Okay. What does that say? It's my life's mission. But nobody knew. <laughs> Stop it. This would have been like a whole month of shows. But it's because the person doesn't really care about this. You see what I'm talking about? You see what I'm saying? You can't read that? You can't see that? There you go. That's what I'm saying. That that person that's supposedly claiming shit should have been all over this. It just happened when it was filed and when the patent was done. But no shows were done on that. Why? Because the person doesn't give a shit. These people are running everything. They're running everything. Running everything. Everything. See, the people that actually know, right, and are fighting for the people, pay attention to things like the magic wheel where it selects, right? Same company. Same fucking company. But, oh, uh, I don't know. 10 years ago might have been. 20 years ago might have been. But you see what I'm saying? So that's the thing. How did you miss that? If that's your life's mission to expose, get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Now, um, basically, um, with cybernetics, you run into the problem of controlling societies. They take all your information and they crunch it down. That's the problem, right? Th that's the problem, that they crunch it down and they make you a number, that you're down to a number, Right? what you represent is simply a number and it's automated just like they showed you. Right. So just a number, you know, what sucks. It's like, if you weren't busy peddling bullshit, probably would have seen it. But see, if it's not your primary target, you're not paying attention. You see what I'm saying? Different targets. See, this is how you can suss out truth from fiction uh, for health coverage and on social media. They prohibit you from calling me a in the comments because your comment will be automatically filtered out. See, you're not disciplined for calling me a but your access to commenting on other videos may be automatically restricted by these machines. And what's significant here is that you're not expected to be a good person. You're not expected to self-discipline because it's all going to happen automatically. Now, I'm sure some of you are creative enough to figure out ways to get around it, but let's please not try to do that. While we definitely still have disciplinary systems around us, we are increasingly in a society of control. The world is becoming more and more automated, which allows for greater and greater control, not only of the present, but of the future. Our personal access as individuals with bodies become data without bodies. Individuated traits like your name, body, or gender are replaced with non-individuated aggregates, such as scores and risk factors. This is why I have often referred to Deleuze as a post-humanist. Contrast this with disciplinary systems, where you are your body in a space alongside other people's bodies. There, you have to meet with doctors who look at you and tell you what you should and shouldn't be doing. Instead, in a control society, you have a watch that tells you how many steps you should be taking and how many calories you should be burning per day based on your demographic information. And you can bet your health insurer is going to pay to buy this data to assess your category of risk and increase your premiums accordingly. Teachers went on strike in the United States because they're going to be forced to wear these. But those 
DNA tests everyone wants to take, same thing is going to be done with that data. In criminal punishment, we still have prisons, which are disciplinary, but we also have control society punishment, where you're confined to your house by an ankle bracelet. Data rather than space. You don't self-regulate, you're auto-regulated. Here's the main difference according to Deleuze. Enclosures are molds, distinct castings, but controls are a modulation, like a self-deforming cast that will continuously change from one moment to the other. That is, rules automatically apply themselves to your behavior or the data that they have about your behavior. You don't have to regulate yourself because the options you have within these systems, social media, standardized testing, DNA profiles, they're controlled in advance before you ever have to make a decision. These systems modulate your future possibilities based on data about you. Control systems channel your access such that you're not really free to misbehave. You don't have that option anymore in a fully post-human system. Automated surveillance is going to make this more real than we have ever imagined. There's one specialized word I'd like to introduce you to because it sums up how control systems do their controlling. Control machines steer your actions, qua data, into channels. Now, as soon as I say the word steer, there's a brave new world to discover. Cybernetics. Now, I don't know what you think cybernetics means because there's a lot of offshoots from the original word. The whole word family of cyberspace, cyborg, cyberpunk is a sometimes misleading offshoot of this word. The word was actually coined first by a guy named Norbert Wiener. Its etymology is from the Greek word, this one, kevernao, or in Greek, to steer, as in steering a trireme. For Wiener, cybernetic systems are those that... Actually, let me, let me help on that. Kivernao means that I navigate, but it also means that I govern over. So basically, you govern over the guidance of the ship. That's basically what it is. So you govern over. And this is why cyberspace means a governed space or a steered space. So when people tell you, oh, the internet's all wild and shit, it's like that is the biggest bullshit ever. You know what's old, wild and all wild and shit? Reality. In cyberspace, you can see every one and zero. You can see everywhere someone is hiding. The only way you don't see them is because you don't know where the dark corners are, okay? So the internet isn't wild. They gave you the impression that it's wild because you can find a pin in a haystack on the internet, okay? Let's make it clear. Let's make it clear. You can find a needle in a haystack on the internet, function by feedback and they use feedback loops to interpret information and eliminate deviation over time feedback is an important word it maintains a given pattern the difference between this pattern and the actually performed motion is used as a new input to cause the part regulated to move in such a way as to bring its motion closer to that given by the pattern all right, so this might seem like word salad, but a thermostat is the simplest example of a cybernetic machine. It gets feedback from the environment over time in the form of temperature. If the feedback from the environment is that the temperature is too cold, the thermostat will turn on the heat until it reaches the level that it's set to, 
And at that point, it will turn it off. The pattern it's trying to maintain here is that temperature that you set your thermostat to. So if a thermostat uses feedback to control the temperature of a room, what is it that our social cybernetic machines control? People steering machines, behavior steering machines. And this is what Deleuze is talking about. Capital health information. These control societies don't force you to do anything. But as soon as you offer them information, they offer their feedback, which is then used to steer or adjust your behavior. Usually this means placing you in a spending demographic or a risk category. With further feedback, you can refine your placements as a individual into these societies of control. Large-scale data mining and the algorithms that learn from these data sets give whoever owns that data access to the future. So we're going to get into that tomorrow, steering behavior. Now I talk about this, I, I, I kind of mentioned it in regards to the trolling. They'll steer people's behavior. You could know someone for like 10 years, five years, a year, maybe six months. Personally, you've interacted, you've seen them, how they respond, everything, right? So you know them. But then someone will come along, and then since so many someones will be saying the same thing, you will decide those someones are more right than your gut because they can steer you into thoughts. This is how they steered everyone into, I hate orange man bad, ah, right? All that. This is it. That's how it is. They clearly steer you into where you want to be. And I wrote an article about that. You should see it. It's like from 2018, 2019, how DARPA actually used Twitter in order to change people's perceptions on what was going on with Bradley slash Chelsea Manning, right? And this is where people lose their thought and their gut, right? So I'm kind of glad Twitter's gone because everyone was addicted to it. Oh my God, I have so many followers. Oh my God, so-and-so that has so many followers tweeted me. Nobody gives a shit. You're just as important as that person that tweeted you. In fact, they wouldn't even be considered important in your eyes if it wasn't for people like you. Because remember, they're at the top of that pyramid and every motherfucker that's up at the top of it forgets that they're up there because you put them up there and you can easily take them down in one, one sweep. That's the thing. Now, um, I wanted to end today's show with a little bit of laughing. So as you guys know, um, while in Palm Beach, um, Millie actually did a man on the street. It's airing right now live. And it should have been the real housewife Karens of Palm, West Palm Beach. Um, I wanted to, to watch this with you. I haven't seen the whole thing. So, it, you know, I'll probably be like, like just laying here on the floor, rolling around because just looking at it with no audio on the video where she was showing it to us after dinner was just incredible. So I wanted you guys to see how two people that have been steered into specific thoughts that are friends suddenly decide they're on the opposite side of the spectrum during an interview. And Millie was kind of stuck in the middle, like just watching the two friends fight. So. I think uh, it's going to be super fun to watch right now. The Real Mass Karen of West Palm Beach. 
currently in other countries as well as in New York City, they're making people use vaccine passports to get around. Right. Like you can't even go to a restaurant. Right. You'll be you'll be pulled out right. by the police. Right. I think you will be pulled out by right. the police and arrested. Good. Can I make the no, decision? I don't believe you can because I think wow. it's selfish. Right. Should this conversation be allowed on social media? Because I have to worry if I put this on social media that it will get banned because well, we're talking it about it. Then you would be being censored. Um, no, because I believe in life and I believe in democracy. I'm doing this disclaimer under... I just want to tell you guys before she starts it, I want you to see those two women. Both of these women have very important doctors. One person I think works for Moderna. Look at the wives. Pay attention. Coercion, given that censorship on social media has ramped up to such an extent that even having these discussions could get you banned or censored entirely off of these platforms. Viewer discretion is advised. What you're about to see is in no way trying to influence somebody's decision to take the vaccine or not take the vaccine. This is a discussion about freedom of choice and free speech. What do you think about how on social media they've been banning, like they banned President Trump? And they've been banning other U.S. representatives. Like recently, they banned U.S. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. I think it's fabulous. I think it sends a message that what they're saying, you know, yes, freedom of speech, I'm all about it. And that's what we're all about in this country. But I think that there are limits. And I think that there are places that are dangerous and there are roads that are very dangerous. And I think that exactly what you just mentioned, both of those people, both Trump and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, went down very dangerous roads. Well, what was so dangerous about what they what she said specifically, Marjorie Taylor Greene? Uh -huh. um, I find what she says is she's just looking for publicity and attention. She's going to say anything that is way out there that unfortunately, you know, they're just words and you say words can be harmless. But there are people out there that believe those words. And, you know, history has showed us over and over again is when you have people in Congress or in you know, offices that will say things, people will buy into false information. And that. Wait a minute. Did you hear that? What she said? Hold on. She slipped a little bit. First of all, she's against free speech, but she said when you have people in Ohio and in high, listen, will buy into false information and that's where the danger is. It's well, it's propaganda. Right. But who gets to decide what's true and what's Wait, false? You it. see what Hold I mean? Put us over and over again is when you have people in Congress or in you know, offices that will say things, people will buy into false information. And that's where the danger is. It's well, it's propaganda. Right. But who gets to decide what's true and what's false? You see what I mean? Like it's a that's a slippery slope because what if the people that are deciding what's true and false, what if they have bad intentions? Okay, that's a really good point because, you know, the question is, I do believe that there are many areas where it's opinion and it's hard, you know, it's your opinion. We're all entitled to our opinion. But I do believe that there are things that are right and there are things that are wrong and there are truth and there is 
untruth. And I think that um, it's very important to draw that line. And it's very specific. These people who have been shut out of Twitter and social media that are saying ridiculous propaganda things that, as history has showed us, has brought us to dark places with um, the propaganda and with, um, you know, uh, fascism and dictatorship. But isn't it fascism to be controlling what people can and can't say on social no, media? No, because there is right and wrong, back to your original question. But what is right and, like, who decides what is right? Mm-hmm. You understand? Like, not like if Hitler had his own social media and he's, he picked right and wrong and censored people that had That's a dissent. They are, they are. Isn't they are, that fascism? Yes, and that's what's happening with Marjorie Taylor Greene and Trump. I do believe strongly that they are um, definitely um, on the same playbook. Mousy, if I just add something. It's, 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 if you open, they are with the, the same blame. Playbook. The blame goes, or not the blame, to social media. If you open a Pandora box, you open it. You open it all the way. And whatever comes out of the Pandora box... You have to respect. You don't want stuff from the Pandora box to be out, the good or the bad, what you believe in, what you don't believe in, close the Pandora box. And what social media did, and we cannot select it now, we all went into this transparency. Everybody's out there to express, say whatever they want to say. You can't say, I'm opening the Pandora box here, but for you, I'm closing the, right, the right. Pandora box is right. out. Okay, I'm going to give you a good analogy. Right, basically, right so behind us, it says H&M. See okay. it? It's clear as day. An H and an and and an M. Do we all agree that says H&M? No. Do you, does that yes. say H&M? Does yeah. that say H&M? Okay. Okay. So if somebody came here, Marjorie Taylor Greene or Trump or somebody said, that does not say H&M. That is a sweat sticker. That is a SWAT sticker. That is not H&M. That is a SWAT sticker. And they say it over. A, a what? SWAT sticker. Like Nazi Germany. Oh, SWAT, SWAT sticker? sticker? Which, which, is, okay. which is black and red. Right, that right, is right. a SWAT sticker. That is not H&M. And you respect that person. All of a sudden, your brain starts thinking, gee, maybe that is a SWAT sticker. Maybe it is an H&M. And people start believing it. But couldn't, couldn't other voices say that's not true yeah it's it's yes. h&m and and they could fact check them and they could say look this isn't true that's what we're trying to do but so once it's in a but you don't need to ban them once it's in a certain percent of people's brain and you have people of influence that are convincing you that it's something other than what it really is that becomes dangerous okay so now now understand this what if it was a what if it was a swastika there but you had um, one side, the side that controls the social media saying, no, that actually says H&M and it, it clears day is a swastika. And then you have people pointing out that it actually is a swastika being banned. You see what I mean? Like, should I, we be I, banning I people? Anyway here. Bottom line is the people that you mentioned are dangerous. Why are they dangerous, though? Have they Mind killed anyone? Um, well, Trump is a mass murderer. How did he murder anyone? Who has he murdered? Um, well, we knew we were going to have 100,000 people dead from COVID. COVID. We now have about 850,000 dead from COVID. There is dishonesty about COVID. I yeah. happen to be against vaccination okay. a little bit. I got the vaccine because I was pressured. Right. I mean, Social I don't know if you've read the news lately. But so, okay, wait, so you, you, I noticed you, you bring up the Swastikas analogy and fascism. 
Um, currently, in other countries, as well as in New York City, they're making people use vaccine passports to get around. Right. Like you can't even go to a restaurant. Right. You'll be you'll be pulled out by the police. You will be pulled out by the police and arrested. Good. My husband is a doctor. He runs hospitals. That's papers, no, please. It's not. No, it's not. Wait a minute. If you're driving and you don't put a, and you don't put a, um, a seatbelt on, and you get pulled over, or you drive drunk, is that okay? We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please just like all kids having to get muscles that But it's forcing yeah, but me. This is the Nuremberg Code. That the reason why they set up the Nuremberg Code was because of... Forcing yeah, me. This is the Nuremberg Code. That the reason why they set up the Nuremberg Code was because of what Dr. Mengele did, what these horrible Nazis did. They forced medical treatments on the Jewish this people in the concentration camp. It is a medical this treatment. This isn't a forced medical treatment that's going to hurt a human being. This is going to save lives. What maybe. he did, no, not maybe, yes. And died? wait a minute, wait a minute. In the hospital, Possibly. as we speak, oh, I spoke oh. to my husband this morning. Oh, no. He runs hospitals, Mass General yeah. Hospital, Brigham and Women's Hospital. 2%, 2% of the people that are hospitalized are the ones who are not vaccinated. I mean, who are vaccinated. 98%, wait, 98% are unvaccinated. Only 2% are vaccinated. I'm not sure if those statistics are, are accurate, I but maybe for you, his particular hospital. No, uh, nationwide. Because uh, I've known of a lot of people who've gotten vaccinated that got COVID and got sick. Yeah, of course. And they got that, the vaccine. And they told us. And they told us. Of course. That this is going to help us not to get COVID. No, 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 no. No, no. 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 They no. did say that. No. They, we got the vaccine and then we wouldn't get COVID. And a lot of people got the vaccine and they still got COVID. So science, right. science is about following the science. No, science is a no, practice. No, no. Marcy, your, your science, less is science, and Bob's science okay. is different. If you don't get vaccinated and you get COVID, your chances. So you take people. Can I make the no, decision? I don't believe you can because I think oh, wow. it's selfish. No, I, I'm sorry. Well, is it, no, it's not because I can get sick. But whether I'm vaccinated or not, I'm not affecting anyone else. Yes, you know you that. No, 100%. I know it because she can be vaccinated and carry the virus. And she yeah. can be vaccinated right. and get. Right. So the chances. You know why? You know why she can be vaccinated to carry the virus? But because you have, because yes, it will break through and it's breaking through because break. of the unvaccinated. Maybe. We, we don't know. No, we know. There's a lot we still don't know I about know, this virus. We know that Delta would not exist and we know that Omicron would not exist if people are vaccinated. But, but think of the precedent. Unvaccinated. Think of the precedent that is being set though when we ignore the Nuremberg Code. The reason they made the Nuremberg Code was because we don't want to have forced we don't want to have forced medical procedures on people we don't want to have forced medical procedures this is what the nazis did this is not good but it, but people are literally being right that's my question because you can be vaccinated so why do you care no but if i this is i'm taking a risk my husband is I'm immune compromised. But you're vaccinated. Yeah. You should be fine, right? You should be fine. I 
can still get it, but I won't end up in the hospital. Let me explain to you. That's an excellent so you, question. You admit that. Listen though. to me. Yes, I can still get it. Of course I can get it. We all know no, no, we can honey, still get it. You can get it from someone who was vaccinated yes. and someone who wasn't yes. vaccinated. Okay, but listen to Same. me. Okay, but, yes. but I am, because I'm vaccinated. You're supposedly more protected, right? Yes, supposedly. Yeah, you. I, oh, I'm definitely, yes. I'm definitely more protected. So great for you. Wait, well, that's good wait, for you. Wait. And I have less of a case of it. So if I pass it on, it's going to be same, same, I'm not, no, 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 Science says it's the same load. Even you're vaccinated or not vaccinated. Can I tell you this democracy is going down the tubes? There's no democracy if you're forcing people to get medical treatments that they haven't chosen. You'll see. Like, I promise you. Is it democracy I to force somebody to take a medical procedure that they don't this want? Isn't a medical procedure. It is. You're getting you're getting a, a something injected okay. into your do body. You, eat pizza? you can't do you have food? This vaccine is safer than eating processed food. I don't food. eat processed food. Well, do you breathe the air? Do you drink the water? Okay. Okay. It's, it's not the same. We agree to disagree. But do you think this conversation should be allowed to be on social media? Yeah, should this, this conversation, conversation be allowed? Yeah. Should be allowed because the problem is, is people I mean, are trying to have this conversation. The green is saying no, 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 should no, not no, be. No, no, no. Should this conversation be allowed on social media? Because I have to worry if I put this on social media that it will get banned because no, we're talking it about it. But it and it's I allowed, hope, but I hope it does. And I, oh, I hope it does. But then you would be being censored. Um, no, because I believe in life, and I believe in democracy, and I believe in keeping people but healthy. I, and I will tell you this, the hospitals are being overwhelmed right now. No, that's so, not no it is absolutely true of a husband who, who cases, runs hospitals. Cases are high, hospitalization you go. Read the New York Times, what he was saying lately about cases in Florida. It's the highest cases of people are I getting COVID. Well, you know I know that this is an mRNA vaccine. It's experimental. Right. I'm sorry, I took it. You regret taking it? I do. Right. But I had to take it. I got COVID. I got COVID His in children, February. Her children wouldn't see her until she did. Yeah. So I got COVID, but I have a right to decide what I want for myself. Right. No. But, wait, well, you what about the people have that have naturally had natural immunity? Do you have a right to drive drunk? Do you have a right to drive without okay, a Okay. So here's, a, here's an example. Like over a year ago, I'm pretty sure I had COVID. And I know there are people, I know people who have had it, verifiable had it. Yeah. Because they've had it, their body has natural antibodies. They have natural immunity. Natural, right? Natural immunity is superior to vaccine immunity. Every medical person, ask your husband. No, hundred percent. Natural immunity is better than a vaccine immunity. It is a fact. It doesn't last as long. No, no, it is. My husband, who's a famous doctor, let's go, please. Marcy, the T cells are staying forever. No, no, it's it's. Ask Les. Les, T, Les T. will say to me, you have full spectrum immunity, full spectrum antibodies. You get full spectrum antibodies when you get it naturally versus the vaccine. So, if you run a hospital, did you put a hospital? I've, I've done research. I know my research. That's okay. Let's finish it nicely. No, no, no. I don't want to because let's, let's no, I said, no. My husband runs hospitals. He went. He he works with. Look, I think nobody wants. Nobody likes COVID. Nobody wants anyone to get sick. We just want. To it's just more a, science right. and more. It's about freedom and rights. No, if, you know? if we what if it's something else? We would not have Delta and we would not have Omicron. Period. It's not true. We still get it. We would still have it. we are getting it. There are. What about what about Israel? Israel has the highest percentage of population. Yeah, that's wonderful. I love Israelis. 
Israel has the highest population of people that have been vaccinated, yet they sick. still are getting COVID. So, right, wait, but if you, they had Pfizer, which isn't as good as Moderna, but they had it, no hospitalizations. Then three, four months, four, three, four, five, six months later, all of a sudden the, the hospitals started getting flooded. So they had to have a second vaccine. Now they're getting boosted. Now they're getting a fourth. So this start. is something that, see, the problem is, is the, vaccine the vaccines are not guaranteed. They're not they perfect. Work. They're not perfect oh, and they're not guaranteed. They're not getting vaccinated. They know how, how do we know? Because how many studies have been done? Usually when there's a vaccine, a vaccine has been studied for years and years and years before it's released and put into the public. This vaccine came rapidly and it's not even a normal vaccine. It's an mRNA gene therapy vaccine. No, mRNA gene therapy is new. Do you know what mRNA gene therapy is? Do you know what mRNA gene therapy is? But you, but you know that time in history, an unauthorized vaccine was mandated on masses of people. Which is the concern. It's like it was still experimental at the time. So when they were to be, obviously, you can see. And look, here's this is what's American. You talk about Israel. That's a perfect example. They got vaccinated. No hospitalizations. Yeah. Within six They're months, still getting COVID, though. Of course they are. Because the vaccine because doesn't you, hold, Marcia. Yes, it doesn't hold. So then they found out they so didn't have it. It mutates no. rapidly. By the time, listen, by the time you've injected that version of the COVID vaccine in your body, it's already mutated. It's already mutated, and it's a, okay. there's a different What's form that? in circulation. So, so you name? can't get ahead of it. My name is Millie Weaver. Millie Weaver. Yeah, you can find me on MillennialMillie.com or MillennialMillie on YouTube. Nice to meet you. And, no, not um, nice to meet you. Let's no, no, no. <laughs> well, it's nice to meet you. Okay. Well, okay. I, I don't. I, I, I don't I, I, hold I don't, anything you've said against. I do hold against the okay. information that you have that I think okay. is harmful. I'm sorry. But not Marcy, you personally. Well, you I can have that opinion. I respect your Marcy, opinion. Respect that. You know fine. how I feel about I it. All right. I know, you talk about Israel. They got vaccinated. No, no hospitalizations. They still have high rates of COVID, though. We need another vaccine. We don't know much about So now we know we need a fourth booster. But this is, and then a fifth booster, and then a sixth booster, and a seventh booster. You know I, I think mean? it's up to the individual. So what if they Taylor Green? What if they mandate? What if they mandate every single like couple months you have to get a new vaccine or shot just to go to a restaurant, just to get groceries at the store? My granddaughter, she's 12 years old. She's going to get vaccinated. Um, the booster, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, should they be what about the propaganda on the TV, though? What propaganda? Oh, you mean on Fox? There's, mean, there's propaganda on television. There's propaganda everywhere. So people should have free speech so that we can have freedom of expression right. and we can root out the propaganda. They're going to believe bogus things and people are profiting from the bogus things that they believe Marcy, in. Dangerous. When I was child, when I was you young. I don't want to live in Nazi Germany. I, had an I don't either. I do not either. I'm German and uh, how do I say you have your free mind and your free speech and it should be free to everyone to say what he is thinking about and uh, his opinion. So it nobody should be banned. Do you think we're kind of going into a dangerous path it could by be. doing this? Yeah, it could be because uh, then you destroy his opinion and his uh, possibility to 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 be a, a free human being and to, to let everybody know what he is thinking sometimes it's important then then uh, 
that people say what they are thinking. Then you think twice and say, ah, it could be true what they told us or what he is telling. Right. It's a dangerous thing when you start restricting speech in any yes. country. Yes. And um, you're from Germany, right? Uh, so you know Germany has a, a, a history and a past with um, policing press and freedom of speech. So, I mean, what's your take on that? Um, I think let's see what's uh, going on and what will happen. I hope that this uh, will never come back, what happened to Germany. And, yeah. Right. We, we don't want to repeat history. No, 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 we don't want to repeat history. No. Yeah. But I think with this COVID thing, it's also difficult and it could be dangerous for many business, small business, what they are doing. So we have a food truck and now the food truck festival starts again and now they cancel everything again because of the COVID uh, um cases but yeah well a lot of the censorship on social media has been happening because of covid so it'll be like people talking about the vaccine or talking about the, they think the vaccine isn't safe i mean it's a lot of dissenting opinion of, around covid and around the vaccine and around the mandates and if you say something against then you yeah then then they yeah. ban you yes and so um you know we we see how in like in new york city right now they have vaccine passports where you have to show a vaccine passport even to go sit down at a restaurant yeah, like in this. Germany. In Germany, the same. Yes. If you are not vaccinated, the only thing you could do without uh, being vaccinated is to do food shopping, nothing else. Nothing else. And with wearing the mask. Right. And in some countries, they're trying to take away even going to the grocery store if yeah. you don't have a vaccine passport. Yeah. Um, I mean, doesn't this kind of sound familiar at all? What does it sound like to you? Yeah, it sounds familiar. It sounds familiar. And like I'm papers, bit, please. Yeah. And I'm a little bit afraid. I'm thankful that we have Ron DeSantis. I think he's a good governor. But each governor from each uh, state, so from uh, Plantation or Wellington, could decide and could uh, shut down again. And yeah, I'm a little bit scared about it. Yeah. And I hope they will not do it. I, I told everybody in Germany, I'm so thankful that we could live here and um, live from our business. But now this week we got a lot of cancellation. I said, no, I don't want to go back. Right. But I mean, is it really that different if both countries are kind of ignoring like America used to be this like you go here and your rights are protected and you're safe. Right. Yeah, I thought so. But now I'm scared if it's really safe right <laughs> the year is 2022 cancel culture is the new normal so as you saw millie weaver was down in florida uh and she was she fell into two ladies that had gotten vaccinated one of them is named mousy and her husband is Les, that runs mass general and a bunch of other hospitals easy to find and um, she was freaking out. It was like the conversation, you know, I kind of interjected myself into and heard with the girl at the taco place that says, and people should wear it. People should get vaccinated to protect the unvaccinated, but the unvaccinated chose not to be unvaccinated. Well, you need to get vaccinated so you can protect the unvaccinated. And it's like, it doesn't make sense. It's as if they're brainwashed. Well, we'll talk more about the cybernetics tomorrow. And how, you know, <clears throat> these, um, you know, 
people like General Hayden, hence why I introduced Millie and Gavin to someone, uh, have filed their patents now this year for things like that. And <laughs> I'm just really good at Googling, I guess, huh? So funny when that person is supposedly your target and not even know or talk about that they filed a patent. So bizarre. I would know every time someone farted if I was that obsessed, but I digress. What can we do on this? Just like the lady said, we have Governor DeSantis, but then there's other governors around the nation. Could you imagine? I mean, I'm just thinking if I was governor of my state, I would not allow any business to conduct business in my state unless they, they abided by my state's laws. I wouldn't have a federal OSHA. I would have a state OSHA, but I would not imply people picking and choosing <laughs> what rights are allowed. If you want to fly into my airport, then you cannot demand vaccine passports. And let's get this straight. The air filtration on airplanes is the best, hence why it's always so cold. So that's super weird because everybody farts there. You don't want to smell farts. So I'm just saying, that's true. But we'll pick this conversation up tomorrow. On that note, God bless everyone. The country fell asleep, but they scream woke. We're distracted by vaccines and TV shows. Politics, celebrity, gossip, popular, neat quotes. Black lives, white lives, which lives mean most? We only dedicate one day to remember our fallen soldiers, the men and women who died young. But if you come out the closet as Caitlyn Jenner, you're a hero and you get a whole pride month. The most dangerous pandemic's propaganda from these clowns. Only mass is gonna save us is duct tape on their mouths. Don't speak. We don't need to defund police, need to defund the media who lies through their teeth. Like, Big Pharma doesn't cure you, dog. Cause every patient that gets cured is a customer lost. And Big Oil runs the world. The only wars that get fought are with the countries who have natural resources they want. Heard him claiming if a white man braids his hair and likes rap, he's appropriating culture. But if a white man acts too white, he's white trash. He's a racist, he's a bigot, he's a monster. Let's just have the conversation. Not every liberal is dumb, not all Republicans are racist. The government wants everybody fighting with their neighbors because they know that if we get along, we'll probably go against them.